Hello. Before you get into this episode, we have got a tiny, 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 tiny favor to ask you. And it actually is pretty small. It literally will take you two seconds. So 2% of you already do this, but there's a whopping 98% that don't. And we're talking to you. We need you to hit follow or subscribe to this podcast in order to help the curve create more and more episodes of bigger and better content that you can listen to. Yes. So it's literally the easiest thing ever. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, could you please hit the follow or subscribe? It means you won't miss an episode. It means the more people that find this podcast and listen, the bigger we can make our production. We can get better guests on. It's like the most helpful thing ever. So if you wouldn't mind hitting the follow or subscribe, we would be so, so grateful. So grateful. Other than that, enjoy the episode. Welcome to The Curve Podcast, a conversation for women who want to learn more about money, their money, for the future they want to have. We're all busy in the pursuit for financial confidence and increasing your wealth should be a simple one. That's why The Curve was created. This podcast is for women to learn about investing in a non-scary or intimidating way. With short episodes, you'll have time to learn, digest and understand everything to do with the world of investing. Don't expect to be an expert on day one. No question is a silly question. If you're asking it, so is everyone else. So thank you for being here and for listening, because together we really can raise the curve. Well, this is very exciting, episode six. Woohoo! And I feel like today's going to be a bit Wolf of Wall Streety, isn't it? We're talking about the stock market. Yeah, we're not going to be throwing any dwarves against uh, <laughs> against targets or anything. But cocaine off people's bums. No, yeah. <laughs> that's all I think about when I think of Wolf of Wall Street. Is that um, what was that film? Wolf of Wall Street. Was that? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> wow, oh my goodness! Wow. That is crazy. Generally, when the stock market comes up in conversations, Vic eyes just like light up. <laughs> yeah, it's like how long do we have? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of those topics that I think really, especially when it comes to people who are new to investing, the stock market, shares, share price, all that stuff is kind of overwhelming. Mm, and like, and what is what does a share price mean? This is my first question. What does a share price mean? Please tell me. So I guess coming back to fundamentals, what are you buying when you're buying a share in a business? You're buying exactly that. You're buying a share in a business or in a company. So you're a part owner. Exactly. You're becoming a part owner. And that's why we always are harping on about picking a good company to invest in, a company that you know well, or because you're effectively, you're sharing in the company's profits and the growth of that company. So if you're looking at a, a company to invest in and you don't think it has a good outlook or you don't think it's going to be able to grow, why do you want to be a part of that? You can't, you don't. You so, also probably want to at least vaguely understand the business too, right? Exactly. Otherwise, it's there's no kind of personal investment there. And by the sounds of it, you're, you are personally invested, right? Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of technology companies out there that do really obscure technology or a healthcare company which invests in a really intricate type of medicine and I'm never going to understand those businesses and I'm I'm not going to use my resource and my time to learn those businesses when there's so many other businesses I use and I understand and therefore I feel more comfortable owning. 
Well, I guess because share markets, the stock market, whatever it's called, it can be so overwhelming. There's so much to learn. To then put on top of that learning an entire industry or business or what kind of company is going to be successful in the tap industry. Like, I know nothing about taps and I, I'm not that interested in taps mm. either. So you're right. It makes sense to go for me to like, I don't know, health and well-being, for example. And if you're interested in health and well-being and you're interested in that business, you're going to find it a lot more exciting and not not as much of a a chore to research or a chore to understand. You know, you're going to be interested and and want to know more and want to know about the competitors and the industry dynamics and and it's just a it's just a bit more more interesting. I guess really. also wanting to see a company succeed too. Because say say you're interested in, I don't know, vitamins mm. and you decide to invest into Be Pure, for example, that New Zealand brand and you've researched it and you really believe in the ethos and everything they're doing, you want them to succeed. So exactly. putting money towards them growing is in your in personal interest. And as when well? you're using the product or using the service, you're researching without knowing it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right. If you're purchasing these vitamins because you like them and because you, you you think they make you feel good, you're already doing the research without having to sit down and read something, which is kind of what people think research is about. You're, you're going out there and you're using the product, seeing if you like it, and the fact that you like it and then you buy shares in the company, that's research. Okay, so basically what you're saying is rather than getting too overwhelmed with the idea of the stock market and Wolf of Wall Street and every company in the world's listed and all of that stuff, start with the basics. Look around you. What are you using? What are you interested in? And then maybe start with those companies to maybe invest in? Exactly, yeah. Coming back to the vitamin example again, if you see an, a new vitamin that's on the market and and you start to use that instead – you're all also doing research and it's 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 having the thinking of well, why did I change? Does that mean everyone else will change? And therefore the outlook and the growth trajectory of that business, it might not look as good as I first thought. And it's kind of always having that investment hat on. And this is what I really struggle is to to turn it off. When I go about my day and I use all these these products and these services or I see a product that has flown off the shelves. Not toilet paper, I'm not talking about that. <laughs> but for example... I when feel it, like, just by the way, that would have been a really good investment come yes, COVID, wouldn't yeah, it? <laughs> yeah, very short term, but <laughs> but yes. You know, it's looking at those trends, looking at the, the products that everyone's using, the services that everyone's using, and thinking, you know, is that investable? But coming back to your, your initial question about what actually is a share price, I just want to break it down a bit further because we kind of felt like we went on a bit of a, bit of a tangent mm. about what to invest in, which we'll, we'll get back to in a bit. But it's more about you become a shareholder and when you buy a share in a business, you become a part owner of that business, you become a shareholder because you're buying a share. And if you buy multiple shares, then you're still a shareholder, but you're buying more than one share. So say a business was publicly listed and you could buy shares for a dollar you bought $10,000 worth of shares in that business, you would own 10,000 shares. And it might have 100,000 shares that are publicly issued, so anyone could buy them. And so you would own 10,000 out of that 100,000. You become a shareholder. So then how is the price determined? Like if Sophie Hallwright wants to buy a share in a company and she's bought it in 
2014, for example, I don't know why I'm speaking in third person, but <laughs> say I wanted to buy something and then in three years' time someone else wants to buy a share from that same business, how does the price of that differ and what, what changes it? It all comes down to the valuation of the business, which we won't get into in this episode because we, we can go into a lot of detail with how to value businesses. But to keep it very high level, it's it's all about the outlook for the earnings and and what you expect those earnings to be in the long term. So when I look at businesses and I am making a decision on whether to buy a business or not and, and make that investment, I tend to think in my head, can I see this business doubling in five years? And if the answer is yes, and like, look, we're never going to get it right. You know, don't beat yourself up if, if it doesn't double or, you know, if it takes 10 years to double. But it's a, it's a small rule of thumb that I try to follow. So will this business double in five years? If so... That's a 15% return per year on average. And I'm very happy with that. Let's look at Microsoft, for example. That company, in the last five years, it delivered a 36% return per year. Whoa. I know. That's that's crazy. I need to invest in Microsoft's <laughs> dad. That's I so mean, some good. people would have guessed that, some others wouldn't, but that's that's pretty phenomenal for a business of that size. So there there are those businesses out there, and you know, I get asked a lot oh, isn't it best to invest in small companies because they're more likely to have a better growth trajectory? Well, because it's finding the diamond in the rough, right? Totally. The one it's that's... finding the small business that hasn't got big yet. And I'm like, yes, there are those businesses, but there's also large businesses like Microsoft, like Amazon, that that have done fantastically well. And we were Continue sitting... to do well. Exactly. We yeah, were sitting okay. here five years ago. We could have been having the conversation saying, oh, no, they won't double again. And, and you know, it's just – it's. It's all about what do you think the growth trajectory of that business will look like? That's what predicts really the prices and the valuations of those businesses. But I guess to summarise, it's the price that you pay to become an owner of that business is what a share price is. You know how you're using the Microsoft example and saying that maybe five years ago we could have said, oh, Microsoft isn't going to double you again. Know, double yeah. again. It's just not going to happen. But if you don't know the plans of the business or what they're going to be doing that year, I mean, surely there's only so much that you can figure out before you even invest. Like- exactly. And that's kind of coming back to the point that we said before. It's investing in a company that you understand, that you can see the growth outlook, or you understand the growth outlook. You can see people using the product or the service, or they might have a really strong brand, like Nike, for example, or Lululemon. All those companies have strong brands. And... I think personally having a strong brand is is pretty key to the success of a business. It's not the only success, but it does help in creating that competitive advantage. The cool new thing always is going to take over, isn't it? And if you if you use the product or using the service, you can also see when when you stop using that service or when you don't or you see another product that's better or you know, there's all those elements that come into what you think the growth outlook for their business will be. And so then going back to the the sheer price and mm-hmm. what makes it go up and down, what other factors is it important to think about like when to buy a share versus when to sell a share well the share market it's exactly that it is a market it's a marketplace so just like when we go to the french markets or the we love the french market (laughs) where it's a marketplace where you buy and sell shares so you can kind of think about it as Imagine everyone goes to the French market, but instead of selling bread and croissants and oh coffee. Oh my God, I'm hungry just thinking about it. Yum. <laughs> they're selling, they're going there to buy and sell shares. They've bought their shares in Microsoft. They don't want to own them anymore. So they're running around trying to find someone else <laughs> to buy those shares. It's a bit of a strange analogy, but that's effectively what the share market is. 
but in a digital form. So it's a marketplace. It's all about supply and demand. It's basic economics. The more buyers you have and the less sellers, the more the price is going to go up. Okay. The more sellers you have and the less buyers, the price is going to go down. Which is scary because you never want to buy something. It's like you go past a cafe and there's no one in there. You're not really wanting to go into that cafe, you know? It's the same with buying a share. It's like if no one's buying it, it's probably for a reason. The difference between that and researching to then take an educated punt is kind of where I think I, I lose confidence. Yeah, and there's a bit of following the crowd, what we call momentum trading, which is kind of when you're talking about the cafe with nobody in it versus the cafe that everyone's at. Sometimes it's good not to follow the crowd because you don't want to be the last one that buys that stock. You don't want to be the last one that's buying those those Amazon shares before they start falling. If you're not coming back to the research argument and you're not coming back to your fundamentals of why you're buying that company, if you're just following the, following the pack and have no reasoning for your investment decision, when that share price starts to fall, you've got nothing to fall back on. Whereas if the share price starts to fall and you're like, hang on a sec, nothing's changed. I still really like that product or that service. I still think it's a very well-run business. I think it's still got plenty of opportunity to grow. I'm going to buy some more. Hmm. It's getting away from following the crowd because that can be quite a dangerous game when investing. Do you think it's a good way to start or not at all? Uh, No. (laughs) <laughs> okay, cool. But it just it's feels like, quite it's, scary. Like I, w- I don't even know how I would look at a, a share price of a company when everyone's selling and think, oh, I know more than all these other people. No, what but do I know? It it's depends why the share price is falling. Like I so did, what are other reasons? I guess just the market fluctuations. So there's a good quote which a colleague told me, and he said, <laughs> there's three certain things in life. Death, taxes, and market fluctuations. This is so depressing. (laughs) And it's so true. Markets are always going to go up and down. Mm. There's always going to be opportunities to buy and sell shares. Say during COVID, I keep coming back to COVID because it's kind of the most relevant massive market correction that we've had Mm. in in our lives. The, The global financial crisis happened before I was in the investing world, so I didn't really experience it, whereas COVID for me was was really an eye-opening and bloody scary time. <laughs> was it quite scary for, in terms of your personal and work investment? Oh, totally. It was the markets in kind of full meltdown. The economies are shutting down. Nobody knows what the world's going to look like. Nobody knows how long we're going to be in this predicament. And we're also trying to work from home and we're away from our colleagues and we don't have that, that dialogue and that discussion. And it was a really eye-opening time and trying to remove that emotion of getting caught up and going, oh my gosh, the market's down 30%. I've never experienced this in my life, to going, hang on a sec. Okay, let's look at this market as it is right now. What do I think are some good opportunities to buy? Who cares what's happened yesterday? Who cares what's happened the day before? Right now, these companies are 30% cheaper. Because the market's fallen. So it was also a great opportunity as much as totally. it was terrifying. And there's nothing that's changed. Well, some, admittedly, some companies, say Flight Centre, for example, their outlook had completely changed. We didn't know when people were going to travel again. We didn't know how long the lockdowns were going to go on for. And admittedly, 12 months later, we're still in lockdown. So uh, RAP travel. <laughs> yeah. So it's it was assessing, okay, which company's going to be stronger? The likes of Amazon, the likes of PayPal and Visa and MasterCard. Everyone doesn't want to hold Anything cash. online, and, right? Yeah. So it was, was looking at who's going to be the beneficiaries and who's going to take longer to come out of this. And 
I think there was a lot of companies in there that it would have been great buying opportunities if you had just removed the emotion and gone, okay, nothing's changed. I'm going to, I'm going to buy. Gosh, even some of the best fund managers struggle to do, to do that, to remove that emotion and, and get in, get involved. So I don't expect anyone listening on this podcast to, to have been able to pick the bottom and, and it, you know, invested all their money. That's and if you did, well, well done. <laughs> <laughs> Please get in touch. Let us know what you did. <laughs> the market will always move up and down, and it's all about just finding a good companies, quality companies that you want to invest in that you know well. I was going to say it's it's hard to think. Okay, you're going for companies and investing in shares and companies that you feel connected to, mm. but then don't fall in love with the stock. You know, it's like you're personally invested, or you know a lot about that industry or that company, and you use the product or service, but then also. Keep it at arm's length. It's definitely contradictory. Yes. Find a company that that you love and that you, you want to support. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, but don't fall in love. God, it's like dating. It. <laughs> oh, God, it is like oh, dating. It's like playing hard to get, but no. <laughs> uh, oh, it's so just more funny. about having an open mind and looking at that company as what it is. It's a company. It doesn't know or care that you own its stock or it's that you're a shareholder. Don't get too involved and yeah, like you said, don't fall in love with it because outlooks change with businesses. New competitors come to market. New management teams that run that business will come in and, and maybe run it worse than the previous management team. There's lots of changes that go on. And so if you're falling in love with this company, you're going to be, you know, love is blind. You're going to be, <laughs> you're going to be blinded by that. And you're, you may continue to hold it when, when you shouldn't. So, so what you're basically saying is the share prices, the stock market goes up and down, but the most important thing and the most defensive way that you can protect your finances and, and your growth is to be objective and look at what's happening constantly. And if it's feeling as though, even though you love that company and you want to stay invested in it, it, you know, the new manager, for example, sucks, then you might need to take action and decide, okay, I don't want to be I don't want to hold there anymore. anymore. Yeah. 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 And it's what you're doing is you're giving your money to that company to grow. You want to be a part of that action. So you want to invest your savings into that company. So you've got to be a bit selfish. You want your money to grow. So don't let it sit there with a company that's not growing it for you. It's about giving fuel to the fire. You want to support these businesses. You want to give them your money or your capital and to help them grow. But equally, you want to benefit from it too. You want to benefit from it. And and in reverse, if they're not doing what they say they're going to do or you don't think that the earnings outlook looks as good as it previously did, then take that money out and put it somewhere else because that's your hard-earned money. Don't just let it sit there and, and watch it slowly fall or Sharply fall for, for Pete's oh. sake. <laughs> for Pete's sake, we're like eighty-five. <laughs> Who's Pete? <laughs> yeah, I wonder. Whoever was married to Pete was obviously like, having a real rough time. It's also just be a bit selfish. Okay, yeah, it's your it's your money. You need to make sure that it is in a company that you admire and that you want to help grow. And I guess the reality as well is that, as you're saying, you can lose everything if you're not on your ball. On your ball. <laughs> we really got some great quotes. Well, out today. if you're not on the ball, I must admit I'm on this third day of my juice cleanse, so my brain's not not as sharp as it normally is. And she'll probably go to the bathroom about five times during this episode. <laughs> Honestly, the amount of liquid you have to drink is so terrifying. So basically, you're saying that if you invest in shares, yes, you need to be going into it with your eyes open, mm-hmm. continuously taking note of what's happening. 
within the industry, within that company, etc. But you also need to be realistic about the fact that you could lose all your money. Yes, with any with any investment, and particularly in shares. There's so many factors that come into play in terms of it's not just the business, it's the the share market, it's other people are buying something. Whenever you buy a share, someone's selling that to you. So they've got a different view to you about the outlook of that company. Wait, so, uh, but aren't sometimes the shares just from the company and not from a person selling it? That's an IPO, uh, which we'll get into in a, in a few episodes. That's when a company first lists or first comes to market, first offers its shares publicly. And that's when it's raising a lump sum of money and it's going, here you go, guys, can you buy these shares so that we can have some money to grow? But once it's listed, you're buying and selling, you're transacting, just like coming back to the marketplace, you're transacting with someone else. So I could be sitting across from you, which I am. <laughs> hey, Vic. <laughs> and I could say to you, so I don't want these Microsoft, I keep going back to Microsoft, great company. Microsoft sounds so old and boring to me. Okay. It feels so boring. I mean, the, the fact that it's still doing well, I honestly thought it was dead in the water when Apple came along. Obviously mm. not. It's, it's all about the cloud. What's a better example then? Visa or MasterCard? What about Converse Shoes? Mm. Oh my God, I'm bad at investing, aren't I? I just don't think they're listed. So it's like... We're sitting opposite each other and I don't want to hold my Lululemon shares anymore. And I go to you, Soph, hey, Soph, would you buy these shares off me? Because I don't want to hold them anymore. And there could be a ton of reasons why I don't want to own the shares anymore. True. It, it could be nothing to do could with be, the company's success. It could be I want to go buy a uh, new boat. Dreams are free. Uh, <laughs> I, it, there's just so many reasons for selling. And there's really only a few reasons for buying. And that's that you think the business is going to do well. So it's it's not getting hung up on the fact that there's, there's another person transacting or selling you those shares. It's just something to be aware of. You could lose everything. Not getting overwhelmed when the market's down 20% or at the same when the market's up 20%. You've got to keep coming back, take a step back, take a deep breath and ask yourself, what are you actually buying here? Keep coming back to that. You're buying a part share of a business, so you need to think like a business owner. Just the same if you're going to buy say, a part share in your friend's fashion business or your friend's hairdressing business. You need to do your research on what you think the growth of that business is going to look like. And it's very easy when when you're dealing with publicly traded or, or listed companies to get caught up in the day-to-day market fluctuations or the market movements. So that's why we try to not look at our investments all the time because you forget the reason that you bought that business and you get caught up with the day-to-day market fluctuations. It's super distracting and you make irrational decisions. And I guess it's also that instantaneous nature that is 2021. We want things now. We mm-hmm. want success now. We want someone to reply to our text now. There's never that patience to sit back and think from a long-term perspective. And that, if I remember anything, Victoria, <laughs> is that long-term is what we're going for. It's patience. And yes, we all want that that quick win and that stock that's going to double overnight. But when it comes to investing and sustainable investing – and wealth creation, it's all about patience. Patience, patience, patience. Mm-hmm. I'm going to write it on my mirror. Vic, I must say, we're definitely getting to the end of this episode and I definitely need to use the bathroom, but is there any other key points that people need to write down, remember, take away when they're thinking about shares, stock market? Is there any other kind of key information to go over? We say that you're a part owner of this business that you're investing in, so you've got to think like a business owner. The only downfall or the only thing to remember when you are investing in these businesses is that you don't have any rights. 
which might sound harsh, but it's quite harsh. You're, it's true, though, you're isn't a tiny it? owner, and you don't have any rights to stand up and change the board of directors. So they're the people that kind of govern the business. Or you don't have the right to stand up and say we want to change the management team. Well, the color branding sucks. Yes, or like anything exactly. that you don't like about the business, really. Yes. So even though you're a part owner, don't think that you can go in there and change the hope if you're a part owner i've spent 300 dollars on your company (laughs) just remember if you want to change the branding or change the management team or anything really you you don't really have those rights you're at the whim of the management team that's running that business so make sure that you're investing in a in a company with a with a good management team that's historically delivered on what they say they're going to deliver on and we'll touch on more in a few episodes about what makes a winning investment and what to look for. So how that, to find a stock that you think is going to be a good investment. Yes. Because that's a whole nother ball game. Yeah, exactly. I'd love to know as well where you even find the businesses. When you find them, what do you look for? You know, that's all way over my head. Yeah. But we can do that next episode. I think that's a whole a whole episode in itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll tune in for our uh, episode seven when we talk about it. We actually should talk about that next though, shouldn't we? Yes. Okay, yeah. great. Definitely. Cool. I do feel like I learned a lot though. Thanks, Vic. No worries. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of Raising the Curve. Please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. For more information about The Curve, the work we do, and how you can learn more, head to thecurve.co.nz or find us on socials at the underscore curve nz.